0: What is up, everybody? I am extremely tired, but have no fear. I'm here for the intro of Operation Gundam history. That's right. Our first official breakdown of an episode of Gundam. We're kicking things off with Gundam, the origin. That's right. That is the first chronological series in the timeline of Gundam. Um, So if you haven't watched episode one and two, I highly suggest you pause this podcast for now. It'll still be here. Come back to us. We we, we miss you, but, but we'll be here. We'll have snacks and water for you at the door. And uh, go watch those episodes on Hulu, if you have Hulu. If you can buy it and afford to pay for it, by all means, buy it as well. Flex on us. My friend George blessed us with his presence as we go through this journey through Gundam The Origin. That's right. It said Gundam The Origin, not Gundam Origin. Without further ado, here is myself and George talking about episode one and two of Gundam The Origin all right everybody what's good i got a treat for y'all we are finally jumping in to one of the series in the universal century but before i we jump in i gotta introduce my guest he hit me up i was so glad so happy this is happening give it up for it's george george loftus hi everyone how's it going yeah so um first off you had the PSP games. You you were talking about the series and whatnot, like the DMs and Twitter. I was just like, "Oh, this is the one. This is the one. This is what <laughs> I want to talk to, with me about this."
1: Dude, I've I've been obsessed with Gundam since I was ten years old. Like I I growing up, I always thought Star Wars was going to be the coolest thing that I ever saw in my entire life, and then oh yeah, and yeah. then one afternoon, Toonami decided to air Gundam Wing, and then my life was changed <laughs> after that. It's like. There is a, a version of me before Gundam, and then a version of me after Gundam, and I've just been permanently changed by Gundam. It is it is such a cool franchise.
0: It's like to, and it's funny you say that because I feel like Gundam has the benefit of doing what Star Wars wanted to do, but animated, in my opinion, better in some takes. Uh, so. yeah, yeah, I can see that. Now I know I have some friends that might hit me up later, be like, "How dare you, you know, say these blasphemous wor- blasphemous words against Star Wars?" I'm sorry, y'all. I just I didn't grow up with Star Wars. I grew up with this. This is my thing. This and anime, other animes, you know.
1: Well, that and it, like Star Wars, is, like I love Star Wars. It's incredibly cool. Yeah. But growing up, all we had were the three movies. <clears throat> sorry, I'm 30, almost 31, just for context. Growing up, we had the three movies and then like some video games. It got better on the N sixty four, and then that was actually like what got me into comic books was the fact that like they were making Star Wars in comic books, and I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's cool. Like, I want more of the story, So that's how I got into that medium. Uh, but man, Gundam Wing just came out, and like it was there for me every day for like a year. You know, <laughs> like every- it was so
0: sick. Yes, and it had just yeah. a killer
1: J pop soundtrack, and I'm like, what the hell is this? I've never heard anything say, like this before. It's incredible.
0: <laughs> I gotta say this. Thank you, Jason Demarco. I know you'll never hear this, but if you ever read my email in your inbox, thank you very much for giving us Gundam Wing, and all the block that was Toonami and still is Toonami.
1: Oh my God, dude! Like 1999 to 2002. Like I don't mean to disparage later Toonami, just because I wasn't there for it. But like when I was watching Toonami, every day yeah. it was just a 98 mile per hour fastball, like just straight over it really the plate. It was incredible. Yeah
0: so like i let, i delete uh we moved to japan in 2002 and i think that was one of the biggest things that i missed was just being able to to like after school go home do my homework as fast as i can and then watch tsunami and be able to just watch all this stuff happen on screen half the time I didn't know what was going on but i was like yo this is this is the best this is the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life like what is happening i love it
1: Well, it was just, like, I grew up on an island off the coast of Maine, so, like, I lived, like, a pretty sheltered life. Like, sheltered's probably not even the right word, but just, like, a very isolated life. And so, it was, like, probably my first exposure to, like, you know, Eastern cultures was, like, through, like, Uh... was through, like, anime, and I'm, like, trying to look it up right now, but, like yeah ronin warriors was like the first show i remember like being obsessed warriors. with like just coming home that from show school. was so good yeah just doing my math homework like as fast as possible just to like be done in time so i could just like focus on ronin warriors like that that do we swear on this podcast
0: uh, we, we can swear. Yeah, okay, yeah.
1: I'll I'll try to save just like three just so like there's like better <laughs> emphasis when I do. That shit was so good, man. Like it was just oh, it was. everything I didn't know I wanted. And so to like segue from that and then like be exposed to like Dragon Ball Z, the big O, Rurouni Kenshin, like just everything they yeah. were throwing at that time. And like granted they had the benefit of like 15 years i guess of like modern anime developing in japan so that they could just like pick and pluck like the best stuff just to throw at western audiences but it was such a special time to be you know like this weird pre-pubescent kid who like didn't know any better and was just like (laughs) open to new stuff like it was just it was really awesome like i I don't know how to explain it to newer generations
0: and like the added benefit was like we were some of the ones that first experienced that coming to America. Like, that was the first time it getting to the States and seeing, like, you know, Japanese cartoons and all the other foreign works. We're like, whoa, this is so much cooler than watching, you know, what was it, Batman animated series? Yeah, uh, I mean, Justice let's, let's, let's not say
1: things we, we can't take yeah, back. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I like
0: those, too. I like those, too. But I think the, uh, like... The characters and just how different they were compared to like watching the American like cartoons and comic book based stuff. Oh, for sure, that like, they, did it for me.
1: They had completely different ideologies. They had completely different motivations. Like it was just like such a, a amazing like just exposure to something so categorically different than what you were used to, you know. Yeah. Like there was just like such a weird emphasis on pride, like in those early shows I remember watching. And not that like American shows didn't care about pride and honor and that stuff, but it was just. Different, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was very different. Very different. But you know what else is different? The art style and uh <laughs> Gundam the Origin. I messed that segue up so bad. <laughs> we are gonna dive in to episode one and two, episode one, blue eye Castfall. episode two, Artesia's or artesias uh was it Sorrow? Yeah, yeah.
1: Sara. Uh to be fair, they don't really know how to pronounce it in like the Gundams I've seen. Like it, it changes between Artesia Cartasia. Like it it's a little a little fluid with how they pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: they they definitely took more liberty uh with these with the like I guess the prequel and like giving them accents and like dignity, showing that they're royalty and whatnot. Yeah. So like when uh who is now Char was Edward, you know, it was a very emphasized to be Edward and not Edward. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's what we wanted to look at and say. Oh man, but, that... <sighs>
1: So this is the tough part. So okay, real quick, when I was like m- heightened most obsessed with Gundam, I was like talking to the people at Suncoast Video. I was talking to the people at Borders and I was like, "Is there any Gundam thing you can import for me? Like can I order it to the store here?" And one of the first things I got was Gundam the Movie.
0: Ooh, which
1: was like uh, the compilation of the original series. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. One I couldn't one find
1: heard. I couldn't find one until a couple years ago to be completely honest. Like the I got uh, movies two and three and they were like the dubs nice. and i i don't care about dubs or subs like i i really just want the content i don't really care like i'm able to forgive them like oh well the voice acting was weird like that's fine i can forgive that if it if it is the case um and so it was so weird just because i went from gundam wing to that which was made 20 years before gundam wing oh yeah <laughs> and so i was just like why does this look like crap gundam wing looks so good and this was like before the internet was like ubiquitous so i couldn't just like oh this was made so much earlier than than yeah gundam wing. uh to
0: be fair gundam wing is if you ask some people the worst dubbed of them all so oh my god no it's, it's like it's like it yeah it's
1: iconic <laughs> at this point though I'll kill you. It's like I just invited you to my birthday party, man. It's like (laughs) that
0: that scene is honestly one of the the coldest scenes in anime history, but it's just like,
1: man, Huey, like relax. Just a little little bit, relax, bro. Like,
0: it's not that serious.
1: Hey man, he he had a mission. He had to save the colonies from Oz. Okay. He was he was a little preoccupied. Didn't have time for for a debutante (laughs) birthday party.
0: You hate to see it, not being able to enjoy life. Well, <laughs> the year now is UC 068. This is how well really the series of Gundam kicks off and of course the one year war. So um first off, the intro to it was really cool and like sick. It just it just sucks they gotta wait like a good four or five episodes to so you really get the Gundam action. Um Yeah. But yeah, like what do you think of Blue Eye Castle? I, I I liked it because it reminded me of how really slow this series can be, but it gives you the details and like there's so many little things that get lost where you know most people are like oh I want to watch these these suits fight. It's like whoa whoa whoa, here's why they're fighting. Here's how we got here. And it did a really good job of giving us like hey this is how Zeon started. This is uh, the person who was over a Degwin. And these are the zombies who are evil and there's this little tiny family of the Rawls that are no longer relevant. But what what are your thoughts on Blue Light Castle before we really dive into this episode?
1: I was kind of against this series when it was first announced to be honest. Like really? I, yeah, man. Okay. I thought the mystery of everything and like just sort of like hearing things and like finding weird fan translations about, you know, like mm. video games that had discussions, like just like all that stuff. Like I thought that I was super Fun to do, to be honest, like I felt like a Gundam like archaeologist at that point where I was trying to yeah. like figure out the secret history of this thing I enjoy so much. And I was kind of against the series. And then I saw it and like, do you think this was at all influenced by Game of Thrones? Because, I don't, so politics, I've never watched Game of Thrones. Okay, all right. yeah, Ever. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. So, um, <laughs> okay, so you're the, literally the wrong per- the worst person to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all
0: good. It's all good. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to put it out there and see what happens. Yeah. I'll make a reference later on that you are not going to understand, it, and it's okay.
1: Okay. Um, I think, so the original series, like, I'm going to be contrasting this with the original series, which I know pretty hmm. well. I assume you know it fairly well.
0: Uh, so I'm actually watching the original, like '79. Okay, I mean, this is my first time watching it. Okay, so those notes that you've seen, like this, is my first time watching uh Gundam '79, which I like it. It definitely feels like a '70s cartoon. Yeah, but there's elements of that that I really do enjoy. All right, but and, and just it's also not as dramatic as this.
1: Sorry, for clarity's sake, are you watching the original series or are you watching the movie compilations? Oh, the series.
0: Okay, I, I bought I bought both uh disc on Blu-ray. Hell so. yeah.
1: Thank you. Right stuff, anime. Yeah, <laughs> getting getting the people the good stuff. All right. Thank you. Uh, so I'll be contrast. Okay, that's great because like I know the original series super well, and so that's why I was a little disappointed when they announced because like they can really only work on like one project at a time, and so when they announced yeah. they were doing like a prequel series to the One Year War, I was a little like, ah, oh, man. But I feel like we covered everything. So I think what makes the original series kind of genius is that it takes place during the One Year War and it starts like eight or nine months into the one-year war right you know and so it just it really picks up fast because you're just like okay we're in the middle of a war and this is sort of showing how every domino fell to set up the war so i was skeptical when they first announced it and then i watched it and man it is just like such a slow burn like borderline political thriller where i'm like okay this is at least different from the original series to the point where you guys aren't just regurgitating stuff that we've heard. Like you're like really diving into extreme details that I wasn't quite expecting. Cause these are specific chapters taken from what's called Gundam, the origin, which is like a a manga Mm -hmm. series that sort of rewrites the original series and like changes some things, but it's, it's nothing major, you know, like when white base first comes to earth, it originally lands on the East coast and like the, and the manga series changes. So they land on the West coast. Like, it's just like little things like that. Uh, But then, man, just, like, seeing, like, all the heartache and pain that these characters went through before they are fighting what's called the one-year war. It's just like, oh, man, these dudes have been through it. Like, they have gone through so much stuff just to get to a point before they go through even more crap. Like, it's just, it's kind of amazing what they were able to pull off. And they, they turned skeptical me. I like this series. It's not my favorite Gundam. But, man, they do so much with so little. It's really impressive.
0: Yeah, and like I, cause I've been looking into like the different novels and the the manga series and whatnot, cause a lot of this stuff was written like way long ago, and just now getting like the backing to like be put a series. This is what twenty fifteen, It went from twenty fifteen origin went from twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, and like the uh, when was the manga originally ran? It was way before that, right? Like I want to say.
1: I don't know when it came out. I know, like, when it started Mm. showing up, like, in the States, like, after, like, translation and and republishing and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, but it was what probably, what, 10 years prior to this, maybe? It might have started
1: then, but, like, I don't remember seeing, like, volume 10. Because I used to live in San Francisco, and I'd go to, uh, like, a bookstore in Japantown all the time. because I was, like, just looking for this stuff. And I don't remember seeing the final volume. Like it might have just been like out of stock, and I'm just like you know projecting like my experience to be the the true experience. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't you. remember seeing it there for a while. You know, like yeah,
0: because when this was out, I was I was grad when this came out on like like the movies came out. I just finished undergrad. I was working in grad school, so I really wasn't like enjoying life. Sure, but like getting <laughs> yeah. getting to see this now, like after like theming for, like, Gundam content, you know, watching 79 and all the other stuff. And it's, like, this is so great to see because I I went back and watched um, Gundam Wing and then uh, 8th Assault MS Team. Hell, yeah. And they hold up, and they look good. Yeah. But this just looks so – it looks so good. It looks so good. That intro sequence is so fire. And then, like, we were talking about it before we started rolling, but just the details in the face and, like – outfits and just all the little things that you don't get with some anime nowadays you get it with with sunrise and their content they did a really good job of like emphasizing those small details with the characters
1: it's super funny because like the original series had, like, no details at all, right? No. And so no. it was, I think it was, like, an influence of, like, the Gundam model line, like, the Plus stuff, mm-hmm. where they just added, like, a whole bunch of, like, random lines to, like, this, like the legs and the arms. And it was, like, oh, you can take a marker and fill this in, and it'll just, like, add more detail. In the original series, yeah. there was, like, none of that stuff. They wanted everything to be, like, smooth and, like, uniform and whatnot. Yeah. But then, like, the Plus yeah. scene got so big, and they started, like, adding, like, the actual panel lines to, like, the Zaku arms and stuff. And they just reflected all those details in this, like, OVA series. And it was just like, oh, crap, man. Like, that looks like the best possible model kit I could see at, like, some sort of competition or something. Like, it it was incredible. And, like, it looked, I mean, it's, like, clearly, like, CGI. But, like, it looked better than, like, you know, like a Gundam video game. Which, like, I wasn't really expecting it to have, like, you know, such, like, high detail models of the the actual mech units it was really impressive
0: yeah and like it's uh oh, it it was just like i said, it's just buttery smooth like well like, like i play a lot of fighting games mm-hmm. and so i play a lot of arxis fighting games so they're really good at doing that 2.5 d and and really pushing that unreal engine and it felt like i was watching something that arxis would have made and be like <laughs> oh yeah if they've been a game that looked like this i'd, I'd buy three copies oh man you, you missed like, your day cool.
1: dude back on playstation they had gundam <laughs> battle assault
0: I know. I I didn't have a PlayStation back then, but maybe I can go find them now. Oh
1: man, that, but, dude, that game rules.
0: <laughs>
1: I I don't play fighting games, so I don't know like how good it is as a fighter, but like just being able to like put, you know, like Wing Gundam against like a High Gog from like Gundam 0080, it's just like, oh man, this is like all. It's literally like fantasy playing battles. With, Yeah, it's literally just taking action figures and just smashing them together. It's super fun. <laughs>
0: Uh, I gotta find, like, videos or something of this. Well, so see,
1: well, that came out before a lot of the series were dubbed, so you just, like, I'd see, like, okay, I know that, that's from Double 003, that's from Gundam Wing, and then you'd see, that like, this one suit, you're like, what the hell is that? Like, like where oh, did that guy come from?
0: This one's neat. Yeah. Is this new series dropping? New to
1: you. Yeah, and it's just like, no, that actually came out uh, 20 years ago, and you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs>
0: But now we cut to, to Daikun's supposed to give a speech and I actually have a video clip. That's right. We've raised the production value. I got a video clip for y'all. Hold up. Let me, let me, you let expect me you. to sleep at a time like this?
2: <laughs> if I am asleep, how will I be able to rouse my disciples? Astraya, I'm running out of time. They'll drag me to Golgotha to execute me tomorrow. And when they do so, I will address the world from atop my cross. I will warn them that those sinners who incur the wrath of Gaia will soon be engulfed in hellfire and be annihilated. You're exhausted. You need your rest. Please.
0: Where are the children? They're sleeping. And we can kind of stop it right there for for that clip. So I think that's important because... It's almost like Daikun is foreshadowing what's going to happen to him. Like he already knows that his time's running out. Like he's against the clock here. There's there's things going on, mm-hmm. but he has to give this speech and, and and set things off because remember, this is uh Monzo, right? This was called Monzo. Make yeah, sure right. the city. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. They're on. They're they're on their 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 city, Monzo, or Moonzo. I think it's Moonzo. And Zeon wants to be independent from the Federation because the people that live in what it, they're calling Zeon have always been in space, have never been on Earth, and don't believe they should be governed by the people of Earth. Which, what does that sound like? The founding of what country that just had the Declaration of Independence <laughs> celebration? Right. So, like, they have some footing there, but he's trying to spark this, not an actual war, but he just wants to get his people interested in wanting their freedom from the federation and um i i love that he goes mad with power because it seems like everybody who wants to spark a revolution at some extent gets kind of like drunk off of that power slash drunk off of those feelings and whatnot but ultimately is always their downfall because there's those other people lurking in the shadows which where we get the zombies now what do you think of the zombie family? I think the zombie family is completely fucked up in my opinion. Oh my they're, god,
1: dude. They're the they're, they're the goddamn worst. <laughs> they're
0: the worst. Like, we you you get to the you, you like after his scene where of course he gives a speech, he it was poisoned, and he dies. And like they're like, oh, we're so sorry, blah blah blah. But it's not genuine. It's not sincere. Sure. Like the the, the zombies know they're behind it. And so it, it's just like this family's so... Ugh, so gross. So ugh, I hate him. I hate him so much. Oh man, I really yeah. I don't know if
1: you have the heart for Game of Thrones then. Like if the zombies are turning off <laughs> that much. Um I don't know. I don't want to step on the toes of future episodes of your podcast, but like are you yeah. you I assume you're gonna cover like the original series and like the uh, the Yeah, the yeah, we're gonna point.
0: cover the original series, yeah.
1: Alright, there's there's one line. Is there if I talk about something from a future episode? Yeah, go ahead. All right. There's one line in um Gundam the movie three where like there's a clear break between Girin and Dagwin. Like Degwin's like the the father figure, right? And yeah. Giaran is like his most ambitious son, who just like he, he just has like just shitbird energy. You know, like you yep. just look at him and you know you're supposed to hate him. And uh, you get
0: that too later on in the origin. Oh but we'll my talk god, about that so like much it's, it's ridiculous.
1: Says, yeah. <laughs> but there's one line like later in the series where like Girin is telling Dagwin about his plan that he wants to do to the Earth Federation to, like, win the fight. And he's Dagwin's like, oh, uh, hey, from history class, do you remember that guy, Adolf Hitler? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. 20th century, right? He's like, yeah, it's so strange to see my son become the Adolf Hitler <laughs> of space. Like, he basically just says that. And, like, it's removed Damn. from the context of, like, I don't know, like, World War II was, what, 70, 80 years ago? So, like, we're a little bit more familiar with it, the the context of what calling someone Adolf Hitler is than they would be. But he's just, like, Gearing kind of takes it as a compliment, and Dagwin's just like, yo, I gotta shut this shit down as fast as possible. Like, I need to fix this situation.
0: (laughs) But, like, that's the thing, though, because when you, because the symbolism of, like, uh, of Zeon at this point is you see a lot of blonde hair, you see a lot of blue eyes, you see a lot of the 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 red and black flags with their sign on them oh, being yeah. raised at rallies and on posters and whatnot. And they they paint Zeon as this, as pretty much close to, you know, being Nazis as they can in space. Yeah, God, it um, makes me so
1: uncomfortable because, like, I love it, the Zeon, like design aesthetic like not for like their calligraphy yeah. like I don't give a shit about that but like the the mobile suits I'm like man the Zaku is so cool but like in my head I'm like well they're the Nazis and like you're just agreeing with Nazi design aesthetics that's kind of messed up man like keep keep that right. in mind just like keep that in the back of your head like you can think the Zaku is cool but like it, it just like don't <laughs> you know don't pull that thread <laughs> Like
0: yeah yeah and I, I think that, like I don't know I've noticed was with a lot of like Japanese creators and animation is that they pull on the WWE to symbolism and and nazism a lot because it's it's very i guess still fresh and relatable sure especially for that culture when you think about like where they've been and what side of the war they fought on because it can tote that line was like all right now let's slow down let's calm down but you 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 get this and like people are just going crazy and shouting for freedom but they do this amazing job of showing zeon as being the oppressed yeah this whole time you're watching this, you, you think that, oh, the Federation is evil. They have them under the strict lock and key. They have the riot outside where they start hosing down protesters and whatnot. And like, it, it, it's, they go full into like, hey, Zeon is a little guy. They should be free. You're like, oh yeah, they should be free. That's what they want you to think. Well, so-
1: especially like in the context of like growing up with the united states like you're just growing up you're taught like oh no you fought for freedom like that's what the fourth mm. of july is all about that's what this country is all about is freedom and so like you hear that and you're instinctually like well those are the good guys they just want to be free you know right, right. but then you just like peel back the onion a little bit more and you're just like yeah i appreciate people wanting to be free but like what they're talking about isn't freedom it's like freedom to be fascist is like what, what they're ultimately yeah. doing. You're like, well, that's, that's not great. <laughs> that's not what you want.
0: Exactly. But now, now we go from that scene, like, and this is only like the first, what, six, seven minutes. We're only like 10 minutes into the, to the show at this mm. point. And you just get kind of like snowball after snowball, after snowball of stuff going on. But you fast forward to this meeting where Dagwin's like, we'll take care of you, blah, 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 that. And like, Jan- uh, this is Jimbo Raw. Uh, no, this is rambo Raw. Raul. rambo Raw is not having it. So in in the Xeon Federation, or well, and Moonzo, you have the Raw family. You have uh Daguin and the zombies and then you had DaiKun, who was the founder of of Xeon and the teachings of Xeon. Right. Which we'll get into that actually in episode two. But like these three families are coming at ahead, and the Raws kind of seem like a like a helper family. Mm-hmm. And um, after this conversation they have They're like oh we're going to help y'all blah 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 Ramba's like no 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 no, And this is what Ramba has to say Which kind of sets our sets Shar well at this point Casball into what his future Self is supposed to be
1: Yeah it was super weird to see like the breakdown Of families right because It, mm-hmm. it felt almost like Like capos right like in like a mafia Where it's just like the different yeah. families like run Different areas of like daily life and so it was so weird to see, like, again, like another... This is this might be, like, another Game of Thrones illusion. Um, but it is just, like, the different families and, like, the different banners. And, like, okay, we'll unite under certain circumstances. But otherwise, like, we're looking out for ourselves. And that's just, like, such a weird origin for Ron Baral considering his context, like, in the original series. Where, like, he just shows yeah. up and he's, like, a consummate professional soldier. And I'm not saying that he doesn't do that here. Like, we definitely see hints of it in this episode and the second episode and actually like the whole series if we're being honest um but just to see like uh jim Barral, like his dad like where he stands and then seeing like ron Barral and like how he fits into the equation it's really fascinating to to peel back that layer of gundam and sort of expose some some flaws in you know like what was originally just like super super direct character development you know Yeah, and with that
0: we're gonna roll the clip. Lady Austria,
1: may I have a word with you? You must not
2: trust Daeguin Zabi. Those loyal to his family might be behind Daikun's assassination. Impossible! No, I am 100% certain of it. Protesters are rioting outside. Why is that? Daikun's death has yet to be announced to the public! It's obviously because somebody leaked the news. I'd wager Daeguin's second son, Sosro had a hand in it. Daeguin has been trying to get Daikun out of the way for ages, and so that's why he poisoned him. Mr. Rawl! don't say these things in front of the children. No, it is the children above all others who must hear these things. Your father was assassinated, murdered by those zombie fiends. We must act with the utmost caution. Firstly, we must get you to my home. Come!
0: So, we, we meet Ramba. Um that was Jamba who did all the talking. And he even said, like, hey, the children need to see this because X, Y, and Z. And those two kids on the bench, one of those becomes the um, man, the arbiter of our series. I don't know what the right term would be for this one, but he's the one who sets the shit off essentially. Mm-hmm. And that is gonna be Casval, aka Char Yeah, buddy. And uh it gets pretty weird. Because you get to this this sub, this B-plot in the episode where, uh, well, Sosero said something, because Cassilia like, helped the kids, like, get to, to the Raw's mansion or whatever. was like, why would you do that? And slaps her. And you meet Saucero Cassilia, uh, Dozel, and then Garen a little bit as well. Dozel's the only one of the group that has a heart, and it's pretty prominent throughout these, like, episodes, that he understands, like, yes, yeah, sure, I'm a soldier, but, like, I want people to get along and like be respected and treated a certain way. Mm-hmm. And we got to protect people the way they are,
1: which I feel bad for Dozel because he's a really good guy in a really shitty family. Oh man. He's such a dick in the original series though. Like what's amazing though, is he's the only character in the original series to like have a family though. Yeah. Yeah. And so is. like, it's kind of, well- it's kind of cool to like see him like, Oh, like he just generally cares, which is
0: uh which is nice and different. Yeah, cause like you don't want like to be fair. I would never want to have Garen like, have children, cause if he's already evil, what's the spawn of evil gonna do? Oh, be, that's you know? so
1: dangerous. Yeah, that's not, that's not and a then, good exercise for humanity at all. Yeah, no, don't do that. And,
0: <laughs> and we already know the fate of two other ones, which we see Sasro in like a couple minutes get blown up, and Cassilia set that up, and Dozel, Which honestly, one of the most badass scenes in this episode is when Dozel has the stitches in his face, right. and he hops out. And so um the children they just bust and he's like oh it's standing there
1: see this is but, this uh, is the part that kind of like th- like this is like one of the moments where I'm just like did we need that because like he has a whole bunch of scars on his face in the original series and it felt a little yeah. bit like like an episode one of Star Wars where like we see Anakin build c3po and it's like all right did he have to build c3po like did did we, right like, is that is that really where he had to come from like just to build like another connection and so it was I, I think it was just like a, oh, like you had to explain the scars. You absolutely had to. But again, you're right. It was a total badass scene, like him emerging from the car, just like half on fire. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> right, right. And so you, you get to that, and like, you're like, damn, this family is just so messed up. We got sister assassinating brother. And like, silly kind of like brags and gloats into it and like slyly tells Garen, and Garen already knows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he just kind of like whatever do we got to do but the real plan here is to kill the children which insert uh it's jimba wait ramba my bad I, i'm gonna get those confused until uh jimba's gone yeah ramba and his plan to get the kids out by um haman at the club i like the nightclub i felt like that was a good like mutual spot to just kind of have where things were chill even though it was chill It's like hey we got to do this in secrecy. Well, kind of a little bit underground. Right? Like yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, good yeah.
1: vibes cuz like you don't really see like we see the worst parts of the life in the Gundam series, but we don't really see them like enjoying anything.
0: And that's true. There's not a lot of downtime and feel good moments in this series. In in, in
1: in literally any of the Gundam series, except for the one the, where like Gundam is a fictional thing and like they battle versions of the model kits they built. That's the only time you ever see these like, anytime anyone has fun in Gundam. Which is like yeah, a, a so. meta-textual <laughs> Gundam series which I don't know how I feel about. But in like the Universal Century, no one smiles. But, like, why would you smile? Because no. <laughs> like-
0: there there is constantly war and then when they give you those brief moments of, oh look, there can be peace. Something tragic happens and you're just like, what do you mean? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> but um yeah we get like Cassilius goes and 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 confronts Casval, the child of all people and we start to build what is gonna eventually be the legend of char how he's what six or eight years old and like i'm not afraid of you like i don't care who you are i am not afraid Mm -hmm. like what a baller like what what, your thoughts on that because like we're getting a lot of like Character development of Caswell right here and there, like the the formative years.
1: Sure, yeah, and it was him establishing like I'm not going to be the kind of person to back away from a fight, which is yeah. just going to have such an impact on the rest of the Universal Century. Good God, um, I wrote a note. So I had a couple of beers the other night when I was like rewatching this. Did you get a little uncomfortable during the scene? I did. I have the clip if you want to. If you want me to pull it up, yeah. This is just me? Uh, was, was, was there a, it. Was there a little too much like? Sexual energy, that part. Um, let's look. Let, we don't have to play the whole thing, but it get, it gets really weird. Yeah, and like it's really important to note that like even though Cassilia looks so much older than Shar, she's really only a couple years older than Shar. So like it's yeah. you know it's one of those things where I guess I don't, I don't know like I I have no idea what the what the intention of the scene was. I just know I was like, uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> like she'd be like thirteen to fourteen years old. Yeah, but she's yeah, but like, she's
1: built, dude. She's, she's built like, like, a like there's woman. like a, like a woman's NFL league yeah. in space. Like she is so yoked out of her mind in this scene.
0: And like there is one part where um, ah, what was it? Uh, something happens in episode one, and I didn't notice it in my first playthrough, but she's full on naked walking across the screen. I was like, oh. Oh, oh, this is what we're doing now. Okay, all right. I was not expecting this to happen. Already. Yeah, and there's actually... A, but it there's felt a, really weird. There's a little
1: bit of nudity in, in other Gundam series. Like, there's, like, a couple shower scenes in the original movies, like the original compilation movies, and then, in, like, Gundam 003, there's, like, a shower scene. But it's, like, never overtly sexual. It's, like, always, like... Yeah. Oh, here's, like, the fragility of humans in the middle of the technology they've created. Like, it's never horny. But, like, Kasselia was, like, the first time it was, like, horny energy. It was it was such a weird change of... Ter- like, just a weird direction for them to go. But, like, she's always super confident. So, like, I guess it's in character that, like, she would not be, you know, like, ashamed of being naked in a room. You know, like, she's just very commanding just in general. Um, but, yeah, that was also just weird to see just, like, such aggressive boobs in a Gundam cartoon. That felt like a first. Yeah. <laughs> like-
0: Cause yeah, there's this whole four minute scene I I record. I'm not going to play it, but it's just four minutes of her who is appears to be a grown ass adult with a child Mm -hmm. who really, they're only like maybe five years difference in age at this point in time. Yeah, And you're just like, this is not okay. Yeah. Like I kind of don't like this at all, but we get to, we get through that and like, you know. Rawl has his grandmaster plan to bust them out of their captivity, which honestly the deception is really cool. In that, yeah. that whole scene, having a uh, Haman come in and say, Oh, I got to take the kids orders, blah, blah, blah. But you get to, you really get to see, cause I mean, obviously this is Castball's episode. You just get the drama that goes in. You get to see the symbolism of, of Zeon. You can see like the families divided and whatnot, the infighting between them. Uh, how there's a struggle within, like, you know, like the the real struggle is, which they mentioned at one point, the space noids and the humanoids. Mm-hmm. Which, when you watch Gundam 79, if you ever watch just like Gundam Wing or Gundam 79, which is the original Mobile Suit Gundam, they don't really mention the space noise versus humanoids things. Well, it's a uh, uh, space noise versus earth
1: noids was the thing. Earth noids, yeah.
0: Uh, is it, is it Earth noise or Humanoids or both?
1: Uh, I've, I don't recall Earth. Humanoids from anything. I, I, I just remember yeah. Earthnoids and Spacenoids being, like, not quite derogatory, but, like, not quite yeah positive either.
0: Let me change it in my notes then. Yeah, the Earthnoids, because if you were to watch it straight up, at a certain point, you, like, you get kind of lost. Like, why are they so enhanced and so different and mm-hmm. whatnot? And they kind of explain how Daikun and Zeon are just like, yeah, we're in space. We're trying to achieve X, Y, and Z, which we're going to talk about in the next episode coming up pretty soon. So you you, you get that name drop, but you're also like, what does that mean? Like yeah. That's your actual conflict of the whole series. It's not Federation versus Zeon. It's space noise versus Earth noise.
1: Yeah. And, like, I guess it kind of plays out between Earth Federation and Zeon. But, like, it really is, like, it's, this came out like after Unicorn Gundam, which I think is like one of the best series of Gundam ever. Yeah. If not for the it's so beautiful, sick, like just sick, oh. sick animation. Like the score in that, I think is like one yes. of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Like I just listen to that. That score. While I'm doing work. Are,
0: that score reminds me of My Hair Academia. Okay. But like better.
1: <laughs> uh, it's just. I don't know it, why. It's such a gorgeous so orchestral arrangement. Like it's just, it's genuinely beautiful. Uh, but they really hint at it there. And it's important to remember that, like, the origin came out after Unicorn. So, like, there is a whole mm-hmm. bunch of, like, extra layers of context when we just, like, see them struggle and we're just, like, as the audience, if we've seen Unicorn, we're just like, oh, but they don't know certain things. And I'm not going to say what they don't know because spoilers for, for future episodes of this great podcast. But it's just really <laughs> interesting to see, like, what people think the fight is about and then, like, what the fight becomes in later series. Yeah. Where it's, it's, like I said, I was against the series when they first announced it, but like man, the layering that they get to add in to the entire Gundam mythos is just—it's incredible. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good.
0: And now it wouldn't be a rescue mission without things going wrong. Um, I'm actually going to play this clip. It's two minutes thirty seconds. I'm not going to play it all. I'm going to—you're going to get the key parts. But if you remember, they're on—they're—they're they're trying to leave in the gunship, the gun tank. And they run into little crossroads where they get stopped by like three gun tanks. And, well, let's just say something goes down that a a child should never do.
2: Who, Who are they? The enemy. My enemy, your enemy, even Mother's, everyone's enemy. And I'm gonna take them out. I see. I can fire from here. Disengage safeties. Ready! No! Please don't! If you fire that, they'll execute us! You know what? You can keep your money! Shut Uh, up! I'm trying to concentrate! Forests are filled with all sorts of animals. What kind
0: of animals? Nothing can stay the way it is forever. It's the same for you, Artesia. You have to grow up too. Grow to be a nice girl. Then grow up to be a good person. Then you can make a lot of people happy. I think I can stop it there because that pretty much sums up everything. That is a child bloodthirsty in a gun tank. Like, this dude takes out three grown ass adults, six grown ass adults, if there's two people in per tank, without the single care in the world. Like, what were you doing as six-year-old? I wasn't killing trying to kill people.
1: No. I was like counting poorly. You know, like I. (laughs) I'm not going to pretend I was like an exceptional kid. I I had my priorities, and they were like, you know, God, I hope I get like two cookies today. That would be cool. Correction. He's
0: 11. (laughs) He's 11 years old. My bad. Okay. Uh, Artesia is six, then. Something like that.
1: Anyway, 11
0: years old. Let's just boom, boom, boom. Like, bruh. (laughs) I get it. You're mad, but come on.
1: Also, it, well, it's just great because like, there's all these things that like we know about Char from other series, right? And we're just like, mm-hmm. oh, like his instincts make him like w- uh, the most like special pilot that Xeon has or whatever. And it's just incredible to see him like his his first go, you know, like in the co- yeah. in the cockpit of, of a mobile suit. This is like a weird retcon that like the gun tanks were everywhere because like in the original series they were part of uh, Project Victory, which was like them mm. trying to develop a a close range, a medium range, and a long range mobile suit to counter Xeon's mobile suits. And so we were always like led to believe that like gun tanks were special because they were part of like the Gundam project basically. And so just to like see them here, it's really cool to be like, oh, okay. So they existed before the original Gundam series. All, all right. Okay, I can, I can we're, swallow we're, that pill. Because, like, there's nothing inherently special about them. They're just, like, really big tanks, you know? Yeah. Like, there's nothing... Which
0: we're about to get into the next episode because we find out mobile workers are just construction trucks that look like humans. Yeah. Which, fantastic designs, by the way. I, I, I wish our construction trucks and vehicles in the, in the real world looked like humans because... I feel like I would be less threatened by him, but I would probably respect them a little bit more when they're on the highway. Sure. Like, yeah, I don't want to
1: get in that guy's way. <laughs> come on, Caterpillar. Yeah, get right. get, get at it. <laughs> come on, guys. Right. Quit dragging your feet. But, we're in the 21st century, damn it.
0: Exactly. We thought we were going to have flying cars and mech suits Yeah. Alas, you, we got Teslas. You liars. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> but episode ends where we go to space and, and we finally see space and how... They escape what is gonna be hell for their mother, and Munzo as it breaks out into full-on resistance and war, uh, which obviously, like as a parent, you want to protect your kids, which is why she sends them away with that plan, which you find out in episode two, which we're about to go into, is that Haman was Casval and Artigia's uh, sister, so or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like sister. So that was her aunt saving them. But the real importance of episode one is just to establish who Zeon is and in the internal conflicts within Zeon and how we get there. Um, how Zoom Daikum becomes a a martyr for the cause and gets put on the pedestal. But unfortunately, what his actual teachings are gets muddied and lost in translation. Oh, uh, completely for bastardized. Most people. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. just re- for re- for most people.
1: reappropriated by the zombies. Yeah.
0: It's so terrible because... Like, if it kept, if it was pure, I I wouldn't mind, like, seeing Zion do their own thing. Like, as a human being, if I was in that situation, yeah, like, let them do their thing. That's fine. That's their their principle, their belief. But, of course, gotta have somebody stir the pot a little bit, that instigation, like, eh, let's not do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got this quote, and I'm sorry, because I'm not entirely okay. sure which uh, which clips you've played. So I might be covering something that uh, that listeners have heard. But Dagwin Zabi says at one point, the Zabi family will shoulder the responsibility of history to come. J- I
0: don't have that clip, but I do know what you're talking okay. about. And that is a, whoo, what a line. Yeah, and, just, and line. just
1: the arrogance of that is like, it tells you everything you need to know about the zombies. It's incredible. It's such good villain making.
0: It, I, I love me a good villain. I, I love me a, a good, just righteous villain. And, like, the zombie family kind of scratches that itch a little bit. And it's like, ooh, they could be so much better if they just weren't pure evil, but just, like, chaotic good, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, all right. Let's go on to episode two, Artesia's Sorrow. Which, t- in my opinion, I think this episode title is a little misleading because she's only really in the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. But I digress. But one of the coolest things happens where we learn about you know, not only what what uh, Daikun's teachings were, but we see the mobile workers and the beta project that leads into the mobile suits, which is fantastic. But um, any thoughts on episode one you want to share before we hop into episode two? Uh,
1: Yeah, just again, I was surprised at how much I liked it. And I think they do yeah. a tease, because I'm not going to lie. Ten-year-old me got really into Gundam because of the kick-ass you know robot battles like i thought that was Mm -hmm. insanely cool and this had like barely any of that in it you know like it had like the opening like the battle of loom in the beginning which is like where shard's legend is kind of born on the battlefield and then it had shard grabbing the gun tank and so you know i'm not 10 years old anymore so i can i can suck it up if there aren't giant robots punching each other i can i can survive an hour without that but as just, much as we don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my ideal, but I can I can live with it. But it was, like, really impressive just to see them sort of, like, pick at so many things that, like, fans have sort of speculated about. And just, like, balance them all so precariously. Because, like, we knew as fans that, like, there was another zombie kid who died. But we had no idea, like, really how he died, you know? Like... Yep. Like, a, excuse me, sorry. Didn't mean to rick and morty all over this microphone um <laughs> uh and so like we knew like oh yeah he died in a bombing we're like okay but like what does that mean and so for them to like actually like fill out the context and like use that to build up like the mythology of the other characters is like it, I don't, it, was, it was just really well done i wasn't expecting this when they announced it and i was uh i was pleasantly surprised i'm like okay i'm not 10 years old anymore but this feels like it's not made for 10 year olds so that's okay
0: yeah and I, I think I mentioned this in the interview episode that I did with my friend Cody where they've done a fantastic job with over the 40 year history of this franchise being very consistent mm. and like having the big details stay, stay big and they're prevalent throughout the whole series it's not like oh it's mentioned once but never again it doesn't really play anything oh no no no! we're going to make sure that if something happened in this, this period it is affecting like the whole story or if it happened here it's gotta like be consistent the whole 42 years we've been doing this
1: and it's pretty amazing considering how many gundam series like fill in blank spots right yes and so like um like there was the original gundam series then there was gundam uh, zeta then there was gundam double zeta then there was shards Counterattack, and it's like that all went like it also 90 like uh One of the Pocket, 83. Yeah, 83. but like um, but those happened later. So like there was Gundam, Zeta, Double Zeta, then Shars Counterattack. And it's so like right. that all happened back to back to back to back. Like that was the hmm. the linearity, I guess, like of, of Gundam series. And then all of a sudden, like for the 10th anniversary, that was when they did 0080. And they were like, Okay, how right, do we tell right. a story that doesn't break any pre-established rules? And like Gundam 080 is probably uh, it's not my favorite, but I think it's like realistically the the best done. Gundam series yeah. like I think that I think it's six episodes it's fucking incredible from start to finish and it just I got that just, I got it uh, just kicks easy. your heart in the balls like it, it'll just ruin you. <laughs> it is incredible stuff but like they do that without breaking any rules from other series and like this was like such a kind of risky proposition to take just by like doing this series but like I don't know like aside from like the gun tank being already established like they did a really good job of like expanding the mythology without breaking the mythology yeah yeah and uh we can
0: explore more of that mythology right now with artesia sara hell yeah um so we're on earth now they're in spain at first something like that and the uh, yeah yeah they're with uh tiabolo's place um which really kind of like you see uh, RT is just 10 years old and she's basically doing like nursing stuff and helping people and whatnot. And you, we finally get to see who the real Shar Asnaval is Mm -hmm. where they're like horseback riding and stuff like that. But I think the, they hit us off with this really interesting part in the beginning. I'm going to roll the clip, but, uh, if you can see it, let me know George, but all right, here's the audio. I'll be right back.
2: Mr. Casval, focus. We're not done. This is the most important part of the lesson. When he had the realization of the historic duty of space-noids and turned mankind's reformation into an ideology, that was the moment when the grand concept of new types was born. In every age, prophets have been solitary figures. Even Daikun's ideology was not readily accepted by the people... Hmm? Are you listening to me, Master Castfall? Huh? Of course. Hmm. Then let us continue. <coughs> Only after humankind has gone into space, where they can see Earth as a single living organism, will a time of evolution finally arrive. These new types will not only transcend current imperfect human communication, but they will achieve true mutual understanding and gain new physical possibilities to become this world's... Which brings us to now! Moonzo is trying to rebrand itself by calling itself Zeon! The audacity! Spearheaded by those Zabi swine who were responsible for the murder of Zeon Tycoon! There is no doubt in my mind that your father was clearly poisoned. They gave him small
0: doses of poison over time to weaken his heart until finally he- Hmm? That clip's mad important because it gives you, that like, gives you a little slice, little tease of what's gonna happen Way down the line, but the that was the original teachings of what Daikun was trying to like give his people. Like, we can achieve this higher being if we just continue to do this, be in space, leave Earth, X, Y, and Z, and we can all become one. Which, and you mentioned it earlier in Unicorn, they really hit on that. Well, obviously that's what the whole thing of Unicorn is about, but they really hit on the new type theory. Mm-hmm um but like like i said they give us this little slice of like what that is and when you think about it they drop this off now and like if you haven't watched Gundam before you really don't get to see that until way later down the road anyway but i think that speech is like super important because it's supposed to unify that's what it's for That, that that teaching is supposed to unify and they bastardized it
1: yeah they completely just hijacked the meaning of it and what's interesting is, like, that's also kind of a parallel. We were talking about, like, uh, like Nazi Germany earlier. That's kind of a parallel there, too, because there was this German philosopher, right, named uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, or Nietzsche. I don't know the, the non-douchebag way to say it, so I'm sorry if I offended yeah. anyone. But he was talking about the Übermensch, right? And, like, the idea of the Übermensch was that there were humanity would eventually evolve to a point where they didn't want or need anything. Like there was no good or evil. Like they were just like, they would just simply like exist without any sort of desires or fears. And so like that was like his his theory about like the evolution of, of humanity. And then like the Nazis were like, wait, did you say Superman? Like, a, like an actual like better than other people, man? He's like, well, no, that's not really what I said. And they were like, no, that's what we heard, man. And then like, they just like took that to be, and they like completely perverted that to be like, you know, like the Aryan superiority. And so, like, it's just so funny that, like, they found a way to, like, sort of mimic that same situation, but, like, come up with, like, a completely contextual way, because it's like, yeah, of course people are going to develop a certain way if they're born on Earth. It makes perfect sense that if they're born in space, they would develop a different way, you know, because, like, all of a sudden you're taking them in a completely different environment with completely different um, motivations, goals, like, everything, not to mention just, like, a completely different, you know, surrounding and stimuli. So, like... No, like it's it's so good. Sorry, this is like when I was talking earlier about like how much I love Gundam, it's cuz they do crap like this, man, where it's not just like incredibly cool robots, it's also like philosophy that they just like sort of like just, you know, just drop on top like sprinkles or just like, oh, actually this is happening too. Yeah. Just like, oh, that's so cool, man. You got the spiritual, you got the technical, and just the way it marries is so much fun to watch.
0: It is good writing. Like that's a really simple but effective and kind of elegant speech in my opinion where if somebody was telling me that I'd be like oh I get it I understand what you're saying mm-hmm. I, I, I can I can believe that like I, I can buy into that and I think just like it's just a master class of giving you a lot of information but concise enough to where it's not going to overwhelm you and and take over your like take you out of the, the scene or the, the situation sure. but um yeah that's that's good old good old Jimba before he does, <laughs> becomes a bonehead because uh, Muzo transitions to Zeon at this point. And then Jimba, literally three minutes later, is trying to plot a counterattack and makes this big speech about please let my man dream. What is a dream if a man, what is a man if he can no longer dream or fulfill his dreams or something like that? And his dream gets him killed because the military industrial complex only cares about one thing. That's getting paid. That was Anaheim Industries. Anaheim's like, oh, you want to give us money for something? Cool. Whatever. Oh, hey, zombies. You want to know where they're at? They're over here. This is where Jim is at. And, bruh. Whew. The price to pay.
1: Oh, my God, dude. Don't even get me started on Anaheim. I've got such a weird relationship with this business. Because, like, on one hand, like, they purposely take the future into their hands. Where they're like, okay, we can Mm. completely dictate the course of good and evil. And they they essentially become, like, the good guys, like, in, like, way later series. Like, when I say later, I don't don't mean, like, you know, a couple years ago. I mean, like, when we go into, like, UC 120, when we go into, like, UC 150, this is all taking place. You said UC 68, 70, 75, This is, like, 68
0: to 79. Okay. This is leads up to 79, so.
1: Uh, So, yeah, like, way later in the timeline, they become, like, ultimately good guys. But, like, man, they just paint them, like, such perfect heels here right like they're just yep. the worst and then like in Shar's counterattack, like the big movie that they did as like a like a epilogue I guess to like the original series and, and Zeta which is the, the sequel series like they're completely neutral you know like they're yep. generally supplying weapons to the good guys but it's like the same thing that happens in like the last Jedi in Star Wars where it's just like you think they only sell weapons to you like no nah, man they sell them to the Empire too they sell them to the First Order too like how, how naive yeah. are you <laughs> and it's just who's got the money all right cool yeah exactly everybody it's, everybody's oh God, customer it's, so good. It's, it's such it's so good
0: <laughs> yeah and like it, it's it, it's it, it reflects so much of what real life is too you know how people are like oh blah blah this is the military it's like we're doing this like yeah but we're also supplying that kind of stuff to other countries as well like we keep saying that we don't do it but let's be real How did X, Y, and Z end up in X, Y, and Z country? You know, like only one country manufactured this and they don't care who's buying as long as the money's still green. Yeah, man.
1: Why do you think think the Taliban had a military? It's because the US gave them equipment (laughs) to fight the Russians in the 80s. And guess what? Once they beat the Russians, they still had all that equipment, man. Like it's just like when you like trace the cord back to the wall to be like, okay, like just examine like the cause and effect of dominoes. It's just like fascinating how it always goes back to one company. Trying to make mm-hmm. a better profit. Like it's just ridiculous how that's always the same story. And it's always as it's- such a compelling story to watch because you're just like, okay, if we just take out these assholes, then things will be better. <laughs> like- and as as they say, follow
0: the money. Yeah. <laughs> follow yeah. the money. But um this is not important, but Sela well Artesia, Artesia which is now Sela, because they have a new name. So Caswell's now Edward. And Artege is now Salem, um, they go out. You know, we we meet we meet the real Shar Asnaval who looks just like Casval but with red eyes. Which hint, hint, they're giving us some foreshadowing there. But um, we end up getting actually no, I I jumped ahead. That's totally my bad. We get ambushed in Spain, and this dude in the suit of armor comes and tries to kill everybody. He kills Jimba because jimba deserves it let's be real he, he messed up mm-hmm. but edward comes through once again in the clutch with the nice stabby stab to the facey face oh, yeah. and to
1: texas we go now god like, that was such a brutal such a brutal fight was. scene right because it's like that. that it's old... that weird guy in like a, a suit of armor who's trying to kill these two kids which is like already like not a great look and then all of a sudden Caswell just yeah he goes ape shit again right and like nope. he's got some slits on his helmet and like Caswell manages to thread the needle and just stick a sword right through like this dude's slits and he just like falls down like a, a giant like a like staircase almost like he's on like a balcony and it's just like oh well,
0: the, the balcony collapsed yeah, it, and uh, uh, Caswell uh, and them are just he's like bracing against the side of his wing oh my
1: god it's so just like visceral and like brutally violent and like I don't know when I was watching that I was just like
0: the guards got shot up outside the place, too. That was, they, they did not hold back. But just
1: watching it, I'm like, man, are mobile suits, like, are they somehow, like, more, like, a dignified way to die? Like, are they, like, a more civil form right. of combat? Because you right. at least don't have to see someone be, like, completely dehumanized, right? Like...
0: Right. Like, there there's some moments where, I remember, we'll talk about later, but... Somebody didn't die and they just were floating in space. I'm like, oh, that's the worst. Like,
1: that would be the worst
0: yeah. thing to happen. But for the most part, your suit blows up. <laughs> you're gone too, buddy. Yeah, man, like, you got a little compact a
1: nuclear fusion reactor on you. Like, you're, you're, you're gone, but you're gone. You're, and, you're gone in a flash, you know? Like, that's at yeah. least, like, I, again, I don't know if there's any, like, dignified way to die, but, like, that has to be better than, like, you know, being stabbed in the face through, like, a <sighs> half a centimeter wide, you know, like, eye hole. By some 11 and then year old falling kid, down yeah, exactly. In it's it's so rubble, yeah.
0: like because he's in, the the dude's in armor, so obviously like the impact's not gonna kill him, but crushed with a sword in your face, like,
1: oh. Also, gotta feel all I, I have this in my notes that I forgot to say earlier, but it's such a good touch that they're in Spain, because, like, I assume that's written down somewhere, because, like, Yoshiyuki Tomino, the guy who did Gundam, uh, would, like, mm. you know, did the original series, it got canceled, he managed to do, like, compilation movies a little bit later, that was, like, how Gundam became successful, and then, like, he wrote, like, novelizations of everything, so, like, I assume he has just, like, a master folder somewhere with, like, every possible detail of every person's life who's ever appeared in Gundam. Aww. But like, i'd
0: love for that book to leak oh my god
1: i yeah I'd, I'd pay so much money it's like the the wu-tang clan album that like uh, martin scorelli bought i'm like okay yeah there's yeah. there's like no amount of money that i would deem too much to buy this um but like the original voice actress for the dub anyway for Sela, she was spanish as hell you know she had just like such a thick like castilian accent and so like oh that's why you know it's just like them just like again connecting like another dot it was just like really really cool to see
0: yeah. It has, again they do a good job of like not leaving loose ends loose and making sure the story flows. Oh my like, so it, well. it's
1: such an airtight story. And it, it's amazing that it's like 50 years worth of crap at this point yes! and they managed to make everything like completely leak proof. It's so good. Yes.
0: And um uh, but as Casball and family, new family go to Texas or yeah, Texas. We go to the Moonza, where the zombie have just gone full-blown fascist. <laughs> Rawls, uh, Ramba's pissed off because, you know, he kind of got kicked out of his post or whatever because the zombie fans took over. But here comes Dozel to give him a little sneak-a-peek uh, of, uh, you know what, <laughs> oh. the Mobile Worker,
1: baby. Man, Okay, sorry. That's... Hold on. A quick, quick timeout before we get to the big reveal of the Mobile Worker. Um, I've been watching a lot of Rick and Morty lately Just because like the new season started And I've been like trying to I write like a blog And I'm trying like I want my blogs to sound smarter So I've been like trying to read a little bit more philosophy Just to improve that stuff Yeah But I got to like that one episode of Rick and Morty Where it was like right after he turned himself into like Galactic Prison and it's like him yeah, yeah, yeah. him showing like that galactic federation officer like how to like develop like the portal gun or whatever and they're like in the restaurant and it's like showing him between like his favorite sports blooper and him on 9-11 and there's like one little line that like Rick has where he's just like oh they're gonna use this to take our freedoms away when he's like pacing back and forth in his bathrobe like watching 9-11 happen on TV and it's just it's just incredible that that was exactly what happened like in like on side three like in in yeah. in Munzo City, where, like, they just used the death of um, of, of uh, Zeon Daikun to just completely catapult this society into a fascist overgrip. Like, it was just and, and, like, they wrote this 50 years or don't 30 be awesome. years before, like, 9-11 happened. You could argue it like, that, like, that's kind of happening here. But, like, just, you like, the mimicking of right. everything, of, like, life-imitating art, art-imitating life, art, it's, it's just case. so fascinating yeah, to, right, right, like, everyone. And it's, it's, it's so on Hulu.
0: It's on Hulu. I know most y'all have a Hulu account. Or know somebody with a Hulu account. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Everyone's got a cousin of Hulu, on.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, the... I i like the the like redemption dozel's like because again it goes back to dozel being a very kind and caring person where it's like obviously you could tell that that ramba is like obviously pissed off Mm -hmm. he hates where he's at he's been deranked everybody around him has been promoted twice and he's like look i just want some dignity and to live my life like with a purpose of some sort and he takes him to the dark colony he's like hey look look at this mobile worker and that scene, when the mobile worker runs through the gun tank shooting at it and then cuts it in half, oh, it's so sick. It's but so good. Those... And,
1: like, dude, those characters are characters from the original Gundam series. Like, yep. Ron aside, but, like, they have, like, what is it, Ortega? And, um, yep. and, and the, the
0: they're the three black stars. Yeah, the tri-stars, man. Like, stars. oh, my tri-stars, God. Yeah.
1: And so to see that it's just so weird because we've only seen them really, like, in the context of like one of their missions against like the main character of Gundam but like to see them here it like before I guess before they've been radicalized or like as they're being like radicalized like towards towards like the zombies idea of freedom like it's just it's so interesting to see them in this position
0: yeah I think it's as they're being radicalized because I think a lot of the military personnel are just kind of like whatever we just want our side to be free and they haven't delved into the philosophy because dozel's been throughout the whole entire time dozel's kind of the only one who doesn't fully buy into what the zombie's putting out Mm -hmm. he sees himself and is like all right i'm a soldier but am i really like wanting this to happen no i just want to be a good soldier live a good life and, and and do what i can to make sure that my people the people of space are free so yeah, because these, are, He's all, like the these are all like are like former
1: like National Guard members, basically, right? Because like yeah. they can't have like an actual military, which again like mimics Japan's situation post World War II. Like they weren't allowed to have a military. Like they were uh, a protectorate of the United States after. So like it's this it's another thing of just like you know history doesn't repeat but it rhymes or, or like whatever the saying is. Yeah, and so it's them like having like their own militia. Like they're ostensibly just like a super police force, and so it was them again like we just talked about, but like radicalizing and being like no man like we've had a we've had a slice of freedom like it's time for the whole damn thing and like dozel literally giving rombo like the keys to the future you know just like sowing the seeds for what will be known as the one year war a war that lasted an entire year
0: uh, speaking of which God, just here's the clip that shows that mobile work coming in such
1: good layering
2: What in the world is that thing? That's called Mobile Worker zero 01. And it is going to cross the Federation. Mobile Worker?
0: All sensors functioning normally. Starting in a range of 600. Target standing
2: by. How'd you get that gun tank? It's a Federation MBT we acquired through back
0: channels. And we're back. That- That was sick. Like just seeing, like the beginnings of what's gonna be like, the payoff of here's giant mech suits fighting each other in space. Oh, so satisfying.
1: Man, and yeah, I I hate to be that dork again, but there's like two bigger illusions happening here, right? Like it's like a, it's like the Manhattan Project where like what Oppenheimer is just like, I am become death when he like realizes like this invention he created is like how it's gonna be used, and then it's also uh like kind of almost like a communist illusion too right because it's like very specifically a mobile worker you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's like the the space proletariat is going to like earn equality for all of space it, it's uh, it's just all these little details that like whether they're intentional or not they're just so much fun to think about at least for me where i'm just sitting there having a beer I mean, watching it, some some robots fight each other
0: i mean like like i said art imitates life life imitates art it all comes back and forth so it's it's got to be based off of something we can always draw this conclusion somewhere but now we travel to the to the well well they don't have a last name Casball and artesia or edward and say well mass is their technical last name now yeah. they're about to be adopted but we go to texas but on the way to texas we meet a very special redheaded little boy in it with a hat I believe and a little green robot called Har, named Amaro Ray we finally get to see Amaro. which Amaro is like probably I think he's maybe a year younger than Selah uh, at this point mm-hmm. uh, he's, 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 a, he's a child following his dad Tim as they go they're also going to Texas but they're going to a different side for a different reason but Loom aka Texas Colony is where we end up at where uh, <laughs> they meet the Asimov family which we all know the is the last name of our one of our leads, aka Shar. Yeah, where we see that. where well, I said earlier when I got my times messed up, Shar and Edouard look exactly the same, except the real Shar has red eyes. Which you'll understand later is why Shar always wears glasses so nobody can see his eyes because he has blue eyes. But, um yeah they get to the planet and their their actual mother passes away and then shortly after lucifer which we cut back to the artesia sorrow part where we get them crying her crying because like char um Casval walks in like looking like, like a zombie where it's like mother has died and then just earth shattering everywhere everybody's sad and you, you get the note um honestly she was treated awfully when she was locked away in her chambers which sucks mm-hmm. but the the promise is never fulfilled to see their mom again so another blow to not only just just Casval, but also sayla or i guess i'll say Edouard but also sayla how they just they don't get to see their mom ever again so they, they're really just kind of on their own at this point in time and was it here
1: or was it earlier in the episode where say was like yeah, mom. I, like it's been fifty full moons. Like they told me a, a full moon happens once a month, and that after a... it's literally right. It, this is the exact same. Song. Okay, got because she's writing the note out, brutal. saying like, it's yeah. been it's been so many
0: full moons, and then boom, the news comes in, and like because the ink falls all over her notepad, she reads it, starts shaking. Um, I'm gonna be so big that, when I
1: see you. She says something like that, and you're just sitting yeah. there
0: like. Oh,
1: that poor kid. <laughs> like-
0: poor kid. Watching it again for the second time, it hurt even more because he's like, damn, she's just not gonna have happiness for a long time. Cause then like the can Lucifer dies, the cat the cat passes away. And it's like, damn, Lucifer, like Coke 2 like she has nothing. She literally has nothing. And oh, uh, it's so bad. But we have another very pitiful Edward scene where they're at the bar. This bar fight for a teenager is wild,
1: oh yeah, but I don't know you can you can what drink at sixteen in in Spain, I assume in in outer space times, you could probably drink at like what fourteen like something like that okay. i' I'm, I'm
0: sure if we're in space at that point, alcohol is like, eh, it doesn't have an effect on people anymore,
1: should yeah, just oh, don't don't open the wrong door and you'll be fine, yeah,
0: <laughs> right. But he pours the beer on the dude saying, how are they going to follow us? Because obviously he has superior, you know, intellect and very prominent and pays attention to what's going on around him. And just pours the beer on the dude. And the dude's like, oh, okay. Miss this scrap. And a teenager kicks a grown man's ass.
1: He, like, annihilates him. He, like, borderline humiliates him, right? He
0: he could have killed him because he had the wooden plank with the three nails. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, he's going to go kneeing on him. But he didn't because once <laughs> again, once again, Sailor's like, please, no, don't do it. The only times that that Edward stops is when Sailor's around and says, says to not do something. and He's like, all right, I'll do it for her. But literally two minutes later, he goes, he leaves because the real Char passes this test and is going to go to the zeon military academy
1: also dude hold on it's time like, out i'm really glad you say that because man is that also true in the original series it's uh yeah. oh, got the crisscrossing. sorry again spoilers for future but it's just this is what we're talking about we're just like they did such a good job of telling a previous story without stepping on the toes of anything that was already established god the more okay so watching it i'm like okay this is better than i thought but like talking about it with you i'm like Fuck, man, this is way better than I thought it was.
0: Right, right. So, because, like, I've only, I'm 10 episodes in, I believe. About 10, uh, yeah, 10 episodes in on Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Mm-hmm. So, there's more scenes where Sailor's like, stop and he does it. Cause I already got to one where there's a Battlefield scene, but that's been the only constant that stops him from going over too far. Right. Like, it's, I guess, this is one weakness, but, He's still a cold-blooded killer in some regard as well. <laughs> he's the Red Comet. Sorry, spoilers. He's the Red Comet. Mm. The Red Comet. But yeah, the real Shar passes this exam, and here's like the first real anti-war claim that we get, is his dad's against war. And he's like, you're not going to go to the military academy because Shar dropped out of high school. And oh, I forgot to roll this clip that's also really funny. But it's a clip where... um. The principal's talking to Diablo about like, oh yeah, your son scares me. He His son scares a grown ass man. I'll run the clip. We have seen many young students pass through our doors over the years, but well, I have never come across one like Edward.
2: He has a keen mind, acute sensitivity. He's a special boy with many unique qualities. However, there's a coldness to him. He's hard like a steel knife just waiting to cut you. It's my concern that one day he will be the cause of some sort of catastrophe.
0: Ah! So, Edward is scaring grown-ass men and beating up dudes in bars immediately afterwards. And you know what? I think the military academy is for Edward. Char? I don't know. Char's dad's anti-war. Which, like I said, the first time in this series that we've seen somebody say, no, war is bad, war is stupid. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's interesting that they waited so long to sort of have that message because that was such an important part of the original series. I guess, like, every Gundam series when you get down to it is like it dro- That's like the main part. It, yeah, anti war. Yeah, like, it dro- war's dumb. No, well, meaning. Well, like, as a 10 year old, I didn't get that. Like, you know, you'd see horrible right. things, but like you know like I said earlier like I just showed up for like the big robot fights but like watching it now like every series is like heartbreaking where it's just like showing yeah. you like the absolute worst parts of humanity is always when they're fighting each other yeah instead so to, um... to do this here like like to do it like this you're just sitting there you're like Damn it. Like it's it's like every person who like watches that movie Fight Club and identifies a Tyler Durden and you're just like, no, oh bro, like you you missed the point only entirely. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like
0: Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be Tyler Durden. Yeah, no, he actually There's is a... the
1: worst. Uh you should watch that movie again, but make sure you understand it this time.
0: <laughs> There's an intro for one of the episodes I think like the last two or three episodes in this in, in Origin where the narrator comes in, I'm going to use that as the intro for the episodes. Cause it asks the question of like, when will humanity learn that war leads to nothing? Essentially is what it says. And it's like, and now here we are for this war that keeps on happening because people just don't learn and they don't learn. There's also a really good quote in unicorn. I'm going to pull when we talk about unicorn eventually in the series. So, but, um, yeah, Char. Well, char and edward going to the military academy but edward has not got in which that's in episode three but um yeah he just fucking leaves sailor bro he's like hey i'm leaving at the foot at the grave of not only their mother but the cat he's like hey i'm out i'm going to the military academy i don't know when i'm gonna come back or if ever he's like what really like you're just piecing out like this at a time like this bro
1: You there? Yeah, sorry, I lost you for a second. Oh, where? where, I was I was was Um, quiet the whole time. Yeah, sorry.
0: (laughs) No, it was uh, I was talking about like he's leaving for the military Mm -hmm. academy, even though he like his sister's in the worst place ever. Which I guess it it can be Artigas' sorrow because she's finally she's super sad at the very end, but the whole middle you don't really see her at all until like the last fifteen minutes. But yeah, like we get the just edward's gonna go off and do the thing and, and go along with char which we're gonna see in episode three how fucked up that gets but
1: yeah there's a well, sorry uh there's like a whole bunch of times where like uh artesia or i guess sayla like in the original series is just like i don't want to be alone again and like yeah watching this you get the context because like you don't really know much about her like in the original series and then like you see this and you're just like oh, that's what she was talking about. And then, like, yeah, just... remembering the original series and seeing this, it's just like, oh God, it just it felt like a fucking piano fell on me. Like, just, like, the weight <laughs> the weight of everything adding up. You're just like, bro, that's what you meant. I am so sorry for dismissing that as a weird line at the time, even though it was, because it was, like, 40 years before this happened. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, oh, God, it's... Ugh heartbreaking right but
0: the the key takeaways for this episode and my episode summary that have is we hear the term new types and the teaching of zycon of zeon zoom we finally finally get those which is really really important setting up future series and and motives but um edward kind of is like being shown as him developing and becoming eventually the red comet you see more of his combat skills and just like being a quick learner and like already, like, a- ahead of everybody and plotting ahead. He has, that like, killer instinct. And then we see... Well, I think it's the most important part of the episode. We see the mobile worker in Dozel and Ramba working on that bad boy because, ah, it's so sick. So sick.
1: But th- but, but that's another, like, the- heartbreaking thing because, like, you know, we as, as fans who, like, understand the canon of Gundam, we're just like, man, if you guys could just undo this, like, think of all the lives you'd save if you just don't right. do what you're about to do. Right. And so it's well, it's, like, it's like the the paradoxical dilemma, you know? <laughs> like as the viewer like, it's think... it's so fascinating to like think about it.
0: And I feel like the Gundams were always going to be, well, in that world the Gundam would always be like the the weapon. Um I feel like with well, if done properly the Gundams aren't the problem with the war, sure. It's the it's really the sides just will Never, ever agree or, like, ever, like, stop fighting over things that are, depending on you ask for, rights and, and, and you know, privileges and, and things of that nature, where the the houses are divided and they don't want to listen to each other, which is something that they say in one of the intros, I believe. Mm-hmm. They just choose not to cooperate and, and be one people. And there's so much that can be avoided because it's like, you keep... They keep adding fuel to the fire. They keep putting more ga- light lighter light fuel on, the, on this fire already, and it keeping keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually it, will, it, it can't stop.
1: <laughs> well, it's pretty <laughs> I don't think it ever does. It's stop. pretty amazing, too, because like, we're recording this, what, today's July 5th, right? Yep. All right, July 1st, like, uh, Hathaway's Flash, like the new Gundam movie came out watched it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. Dude. It's like if Michael Mann directed a movie about an eco-terrorist and let John Carpenter <laughs> score it. I love that movie. It was dope.
0: Which is them becoming eco-terrorists was like a thing that I obviously don't know of because it happens later down the road. Mm-hmm. But it's like dang, all this because we can't leave Earth alone.
1: Well, it's that and it's also like, dude, this takes place like in canon what 26 years after the one year war so then it's yep. like uh i'm sorry i'm trying to do the math like 35 years it's after tw- the origin and so it's like man you guys yeah. still don't it's 12 get years it. after
0: char's counter-attack something like that yeah. uh
1: no oh, it's 12 years after Shars counterattack. So- yeah. yeah, yeah yeah and but it's still it's like, like dude like it's you've had so many different examples of it like slapping you in the face and you still refuse to like learn your lesson you know and so it's, it's like the same fight that's happening in halfway's flash it's just different names it's so yep. it's just oh god again like history doesn't repeat but it rhymes and it's just the the tragic cycle we find these characters in for our entertainment is just Ah, oh, it's so good i feel so guilty enjoying this show as much as i do because it is it is so tragic like i i can't think of a better word for it you know like it is, it, it is. old greek it, style the saddest shit you could see <laughs> It's an epic, but
0: there's no happy ending. There's no payoff. It's just hey, you're going to have a lot of death, destruction, and sorrows for your decisions you keep on making. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they're like they kind of predicted the future a little bit, but they're like, "Hey guys, we have a chance to stop this. Y'all should stop fighting over this and move on." No. And I'm talking about real world stuff, like we can apply this to real world examples all day, every day, yeah. but we, again, don't do it. We don't do the right thing.
1: It, it, well, yeah. Cause why do that when you could make money doing the wrong thing. Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I think my final note was that, uh, well, my final two notes that we finally saw Amaro. So he's not really important until way later. Um, but. Sailor has like no growth, just a bunch of sadness and despair which her growth kind of shoots up later. And like, I think she comes back. She really doesn't come back to like episode five. Um, she's around in four, but I don't think she really has like a significant role in it, but it, it's like, man, this was a good episode to get everybody else's character moved and, and pushed forward. Well, it's except the one who was titled. It's, it's so
1: sad to see, Cause like sales character yeah. spoilers really doesn't get a whole lot of development in any of the series. Yeah. And I think part of that is because Yoshikisumino, the guy who like created Gundam and was like the, the showrunner for a whole bunch of like the, the first couple series, he like really stressed how important it was to use the same voice actors for the same roles. And I'm pretty sure the mm. woman who voiced Sayla was like either sick or dying for like a bunch of the Aww. sequels. And so I think that's why her character like, didn't really get much in appearance. Like she's in the original series, and she's great in the original series. And then there's a sequel series called Zeta, and I think she has like one or two scenes. Damn. And then there's like one character who's like clearly supposed to be Saya in Char's Counterattack, but it's not Sayla. And like as a fan, you just want it to be her so much. But like I think that's when the voice actor got sick, mm. and it's just, uh, I like it's it's obviously awful that like a real person died, but like just the character herself didn't get the the attention that she deserved
0: yeah like that's why i'm gonna watch the episode i was a little taken aback so i'm like it's a good episode but i wouldn't have titled it that you know sure i would have i would have found something else to title it but um yeah i think that's gonna do it for this episode do you have any closing thoughts before i like sign off and give some housekeeping what we're watching next
1: yeah um again i was like skeptical to rewatch it because i'm like i don't remember liking it that much And I liked it more this time, but just talking it out, like, it's kind of amazing. Like, I I do this with, I'm not, like, the biggest anime connoisseur, but, like, I'll try Mm -hmm. stuff and be like, yeah, Hunter, Hunter is okay, and then, like, I'll talk about it with a friend, and I'll just get so fired up about it. I'm like, yeah, shit, no, that's actually, like, a pretty good series. Like, when they fought on that airship, that was really cool, you know, and just, like, getting, like, into it. And so just talking about it has just gotten me so excited all over again about this.
0: I'm glad you were enjoying it. I had a lot of fun too. I know this is the first episode. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get it down. I'll I'll do some better show notes and preparing and I'll get the clips. We can watch them ahead of time and whatnot. Now that's on me, but it's gonna be a fun ride. Before I sign off, first thank you, viewer. And then secondly, most importantly, thank you, George, for spending your time and part of your evening with me. Like I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course, man. Know. I'm always down thank to
1: you. dork out about Gundam.
0: Yeah. Next time we're gonna gather up and we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch and talk about episode three, Dawn of Rebellion, which is a super important episode, probably the second most important episode of this whole series, mm-hmm. and then episode four, Eve of Destiny. So we're gonna go two at a time for right now for this series, and then I don't want to do I don't want to jump into seventy nine right after this one. Oh, uh, I'm watching Gundam, uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, but I think in my D two we're talking about like msoa team or something like that i don't know if you want to be a host for that sure you're more welcome on but figuring some things out as we go but we'll see y'all in probably like uh, i'd say like two or three weeks or so but thank y'all for coming by y'all be good now that is gonna do it for this episode thank you so much george for blessing me with your presence and knowledge in, in helping me through this journey as we go through the universal century um again episode one and two on Hulu. In two weeks, we will have episode two, which will cover three and four of of The Origin. So if you can, please catch up. This is why we're doing it bi-weekly. That way you have enough time to watch the episodes, digest it, rewatch it, maybe take some notes. But we'll be here. We'll be here ready for you. All right, y'all. Discord link is in the description. Hop in there and join the conversation. Find our socials as well in the description. Go ahead and like the podcast. Give it a rating. Sub to it. Share it with your friends. Your dog, your, your sister's dog, your coworkers. All right, I'm starting to ramble, so y'all be good. Stay hydrated, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks.